Welcome to EPMICast. I'm Alex Cadet, your host. Today, we welcome Oracle's Nick Poryansky back to the show. Today, Mini Parikh and Nick compare Oracle's account reconciliation solution to market competitors. The discussion uncovers key functionality differences and customer case studies. Make sure to follow the link in the description to our new Oracle account reconciliation and Blackline comparison ebook. And please follow and rate EPMI Cast on your favorite streaming platforms. Hi, Nick. Good to see you again. Likewise. Good to see you, Alex. And hey, Minnie. Hello there. Well, uh, thank you for coming back to the show. Uh, last time we talked about ARCs and functionality, use cases. Uh, however, this time we are releasing an uh, Oracle Cloud EPM versus uh, Blackline ebook. Uh, and we would like to kind of discuss today what separates Oracle Oracle solution from the pack. So sure. um, to start off, Nick, what are Oracle's like key differentiators? Yeah, that's a really good question. So this is, uh, to your point, this is a little bit of a spicier episode. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to diving into this. So you know, when we think about Oracle account reconciliation, you you obviously can't take it without uh, considering the entire cloud EPM suite, right? As a whole, the fact that you can have all of these different business processes, because the reality is our customers don't have a single hat. Uh, and as as nice as it would be to say, hey, all my responsibilities reside within this one business process, that just isn't true, right, for the vast majority of the people that we're working with. So the fact that account reconciliations is deeply integrated with the suite is obviously its number one competitive di- differentiation within the space. Uh, and frankly, the fact that Oracle has both the entire SaaS layer and the hardware infrastructure piece to back it up is a podcast in and of itself. Um, Having said that, we don't necessarily need to rest totally on uh, the laurels of the suite because the account reconciliation functionality uh, is is hard hitter as well, right? When I think about, you know, specifically against some of the other options uh, that our customers might be considering in the space, there's really three primary differentiators for account reconciliations that comes to mind specifically within the tool. And the first would be its deep integration between the reconciliation compliance piece and the transaction matching piece. So the fact that both of those components seamlessly live together within a single reconciliation is uh, just stellar. It's it's fantastic functionality. It's not something else that uh, that we're seeing out there that other vendors are offering. So the fact that we have all of both of those really important components within a single reconciliation is is a major key differentiator. The next one that I often bring up is data management and data management, of course, uh, is kind of transforming into data exchange. So it's it's going through a little bit of a, a, of a reskinning and uh, some new functionality that's coming out there. And I'm also including along with that the capabilities within EPM. Uh, EPM Automate and um, within the integration agent, integrating with on-premises and non-Oracle systems. But we have really 
powerful mapping and transformation capabilities within data management that allows us to, I mean, truly be a data source agnostic solution, both in its consumption and in its pushing out to wherever that data needs to be, go from a reporting or a dashboard and analysis purposes. And then the third differentiator I usually bring up is custom attributes. And that really does a great job of rounding out, I mean, literally whatever you need from a reporting standpoint. The system obviously comes with a ton of out-of-the-box system attributes and things that are configurable uh, right there and, and available to our customers. But anything else that you can imagine can pretty much be accomplished within custom attributes, which can be layered in at the summary level, transaction layer, even down to you know specific action plans and having custom attributes there. They can be invisible for some users and visible for others. They can be a way to provide information, receive information. Uh, you know, if if it isn't there already for you, we can build something out in custom attributes. So those are you know, strictly within the account reconciliation tool, which I know, uh, you know, a lot of viewers, uh, obviously, we can talk about the suite all day long. And I really think that I mean, that's like the, the key differentiator. But even if we're looking at just the account reconciliation module, uh, there's standout functionality. So you hit on a lot of great content there. So, um, you know, one of the great examples is I think there are some early market entrants, um, companies such as Blackline or Trendtech. And I mean, as an implementer, we've personally been able to replace some of these early market entrants because of the connected nature. So let's unpack the first point that you brought up about reconciliations tied to transaction matching. Sure. So um, as you may know, McDonald's is one of our biggest customers and yep. millions and millions of transactions with uh, millions sold. So um, when you think about a company of that size and the different nature of payment types and then how they might evolve to then justifying and building up the reconciliation process, what really comes to mind in terms of um, the key differentiators for specifically that connected nature? I mean, what we've seen is that it's easy to evolve into different processes. So starting with reconciliations compliance like they did, and then adding on different use cases for transaction matching uh, without being, you know, uh, increasing the, the cost initially. But what are some other things that you've seen with that connected nature, just going a little deeper, that allows a customer to really build upon their uh, upfront investment? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, you hit on a really important piece uh, that customers are, of course, always thinking about, which is the cost. You know, the fact that some of the other vendors out there uh, are still charging per transaction and based off of storage and volume is uh, uh, silly, in my opinion, and and simply is not a not a very favorable pricing model to the customers and very limited. You know, I don't want to be in the situation where I'm thinking, ah, I've purchased X number of uh, number of transactions and therefore whatever business process I'm thinking about trying to optimize, I need to make sure that I fit within uh, X number of thousands, millions of transactions. Otherwise I have to, what, go back to procurement and go back to the well to try to justify this new endeavor. I, I, I just think that that, really doesn't put the power in customers' hands. And when we think about 
all of the really creative uses uh, of the reconciliation tool, specifically within transaction matching, although certainly within the tool as a whole, uh, the fact that we don't limit our customers beyond their own creativity for the types of reconciliations that need to be performed, I think is really important. I mean, you take a look at McDonald's, other big real, uh, uh, retailers, you know, they have to think about tips, they have to think about sometimes gift cards, they have to think about uh, reconciliations related to the sales audit process. I mean, every industry has the unique types of reconciliations beyond the, you know, the month end substantiation process that we obviously always thinking about or uh, more common transaction matching types like detailed intercompany, bank reconciliation, suspense clearing, right? These are all the things that we typically think of, but it's just the tip of the iceberg when we think about all of the different types of reconciliations that are happening within our uh, companies. And the bigger the companies, you, you think of a big uh, customer like McDonald's. Uh, yeah, they have a lot going on there. Um, so I, I never want to limit our customers in the different use cases that they can come up with uh, uh, to, to utilize the tool. So now let's combine the second uh, differentiator with, um, you know, the connected nature of the tool. So data management, data exchange, uh, the inherent capability that, you know, the utility that comes with the product, as you said, to bring in source system agnostic data, right? Yep. So another customer story that comes to mind is a, is a much smaller uh, Texas-based logistics trucking company that um, implemented rec compliance, Summit yeah. Truck Group. And also implemented transaction matching. So anywhere from being able to pull in data from Navistar, whom I'm sure you've heard of, you know, yes. that manufactured the equipment uh, that went in the trucks right, to right. information for auto lending for the truck fleets, you know, so anywhere from fixed asset reconciliations to bank reconciliations. I will say for a company that um, needed to be nimble, they could not invest in a lot of, you know, technologically complicated integration tools. We were able to use inherently data management um, to bring in data from these third party systems. So going forward, I think what's also interesting is the maintenance aspect of that. Yeah. So. Can you talk a little bit about how, um, you know, the Oracle suite with data management and EPM Automate included helps with uh, future maintenance? And then I'll share some of the life after post go live that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times customers are asking, well, what does it actually take, right, to kind of get this up and running? And Really, across the board with the EPM suite, we, of course, strongly encourage our customers to partner with solution implementators uh, who, who do this day in and day out, right, uh, such as EPMI. And because of that, what we found with account reconciliation, specifically within the data management space, is it is very easy to leverage kind of good design, good foundation that is already there. So from a data management standpoint, we typically see our customers uh, perhaps stand up maybe the general ledger and maybe three subsystems and uh, a couple of other uh, subledgers for transaction matching. You know, the low hanging fruit tends to be fixed assets, AR and AP for the reconciliation compliance piece. And then for transaction matching, it's really whatever the pain point is. Um, and that one tends to be a little bit simpler because with transaction matching, you know, sometimes there's a, a degree of enrichment, but a lot of times you're bringing in the data 
kind of as is, and maybe you're doing enrichment directly within the tool itself. And you stand up a a handful of those types of integrations uh, with a partner. And down the road, we have a lot of customers that will pretty much copy paste uh, kind of what's been built as they start to expand out what's already there. And uh, we're really happy and proud of the fact that our solution is so for really more intuitive, right? The fact that it is intended for end users. It is intended for finance. It is not uh, deep scripting on the back end. Uh, I am not afraid to open up how the mappings look when I'm doing demos for customers because it's really pretty. It's It's really straightforward. So I think with data management, it's one of those areas that Tends never be done, right? You can always kind of continue to grow on it. And then from a maintenance standpoint, more specifically, once all of that upfront work has been done, I mean, you're talking about whatever your level of mapping maintenance is on a monthly basis, or, you know, perhaps it's more uh, more frequent than that. I would say typically it's, it's monthly, sometimes quarterly, depending on how exactly uh, that's been set up. But uh, we really haven't had many customers complain about the maintenance aspect from from a data integration standpoint. I don't know if that's been a kind of your your experience as well with the customers you've worked with. Absolutely. I think um, our definition of success is that customers feel comfortable going through, like you said, uh, opening up the mappings and being able to make changes. And um, what we've noticed is that, you know, other competitors in the market, what it is, is it's a black box. And so Summit Truck Group was going through M&A activity. They had to map in different general ledgers in order to reconcile these new accounts they were bringing on board. And honestly, they only called us when they got stuck. And 90% of the way, um, they had done a great job because they used the template initially set up as a foundation. And we see that a lot across our customers. And it, it makes us happy that they're able to go through this major event that causes a lot of pain in other areas and other systems. But when it comes to um, data management, they feel pretty comfortable uh, because, like you said, the business knows best as to what those new chart of accounts mappings are. So uh, it has been has been pretty consistent. The other area um, we'd like to touch on or we'd like to talk about is custom attributes. So that was the third, you know, key differentiator. Um, And I'm going to get really nerdy here and we're (laughs) going to talk about proactive compliance. Okay, sure, sure. So I'm sure people like you, Nick, you just like to create new attributes and see what they can do. But for most of of our customers, they do it for a compliance goal. And um, oftentimes when it comes to these hard metrics, what you cannot measure, you can't manage. So we've had customers use these attributes to really get granular into the metrics for audit and compliance that they're trying to meet. So can you talk a little bit about some of the um, attributes that you've, you know, that, you know, are are in the system for customers to use? And of course, there's a lot of documentation out there as well, which is another differentiator. Um, But what have you seen in your experience? Yeah, I mean, for uh, what's kind of out of the box there for system attributes, uh, you kind of touched on it. There's a, there's a lot there, uh, you know, kind of tying that into what we had talked about from a maintenance standpoint, the fact that we can identify exactly what is causing valid and invalid profiles. Uh, you know, for all of those admins and power users out there, you literally have an attribute called valid and valid detail, which will tell you if your profile is missing certain attributes that need to be filled out in order for that account combination to be valid for the current month's deployment, that's something that we've seen uh, be really useful. 
Um, from an audit perspective, uh, I will say we typically see mostly a combination between the questions field, right? Has everything been uh, completed in line with company policy as, as, a, as a really easy use case for the, that questions field, which is kind of tangentially associated with custom attributes. And then we, of course, have the history tab as well. So any changes that are happening both at the administrator level or at the end user level, all of that is being captured. So for compliance purposes and audit purposes, this is a really big deal. I would say probably one of the areas that is maybe a little bit newer, and I say new very loosely since this functionality has been out for about a couple of years now, but the fact that we can now create alerts and we can have attributes essentially on those alerts that allow us to bring other users into, uh, into the reconciliation experience really brings us to another level of collaboration that we didn't really have before. So obviously, we had the simple preparer and reviewer roles. Those could be individuals or teams. But the fact that I can now create an alert and maybe bring in IT if there's a, a data integration issue that someone needs to take a look at, I can identify hey, this reconciliation cannot move forward unless this alert has been rectified. And uh, that alert can have an assignee who wasn't originally assigned to that reconciliation. Um, I think within the last couple of months, I now have seen that you can even send out those emails on the alert to users who uh, don't have a user ID within uh, the system. So the system is constantly improving um, with this idea of making sure that compliance and uh, and uh, change management is being handled appropriately uh, on the reconciliations. You know, that's just kind of, I think, scratching the surface, but these are some of the areas that customers are really starting to capitalize on the benefits of this improved functionality. Wow, I always learn something new after talking to you, Nick. I did not realize <laughs> that they didn't have to be user IDs for that. So yes, thank you for that knowledge share. That's a it's a free tip, everybody. That's but, right. Um, That's right. <laughs> funny, funny story around alerts. So before they um, came into play in the application, we actually had a customer that did not want all of the comments in a reconciliation stamped in there for just internal back and forth purposes prior to finalization. So here's how how you can how flexible I think the the attributes are. There was a rule using the attributes where we deleted all of the comments prior to finalization that ran, okay? Yeah. Prior to hitting the final reviewer. And now alerts allow it so that you don't have to do something like that, right? right. While right. the ability was there. Alerts are great in terms of collaboration across the team and for anything you don't want stamped in the reconciliation. But I thought that was interesting that uh, even before alerts, the tool had a way of being able to con configure that functionality, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the more proactive compliance note, I think one of our um, best implementations, because we really got to play around with um, the attributes and the rules, was a company where um, there was proactive risk rating. So based yes, on yeah. reading the balances of the source system between a certain threshold, let's say, you know, 500K um, up or down, and then based on reading the activity, even based on prior month, it would automatically assign a, a low, medium, or high risk rating and automatically assign uh, whether or not a second level review was required. So instead of getting slapped on the wrist, um, customers were able to use this and set up a rule prior to the rec being created. So um, I think, as we said earlier, there, the possibilities are are endless. Yeah, I, um, I love that example. <laughs> 
I love that example. And we have, uh, you know, other customers that are using, you know, uh, the custom attributes as almost like a little bit of a counter, right? So maybe uh, the risk rating is going to be increased if it's been late for the past three months and we're using a hidden custom attribute to kind of slowly build up that counter. So the fact that the application can truly be dynamic, essentially like a living application, right, to adapt as your uh, account reconciliation landscape changes, I think is a really big benefit for customers because, you know, you want to imagine that you've set everything up uh, pixel perfect on day one, but that just isn't that just isn't always the case. So the fact that uh, you don't really have to think about some of these updates, they are simply happening for you if you've, you know, admittedly put in some of the forethought at the beginning during the design phase. That's why we want our customers to work with partners who have seen a lot of these types of scenarios and and design out an application that can really scale with them uh, as their process uh, becomes bigger and more complicated. So let's shift gears a little bit um, to something you mentioned, which is the implementation side as well. And so you've come from an implementation background in addition do, to being yeah. an engineer. So what did you notice um, when you would see an incumbent tool being used or a customer that had prior experience with a, a competitor or early market entrant compared to, um, you know, the Oracle suite for reconciliations and transaction matching, you know, what was the experience like? And then what was the usage, you know, anything that really stood out to you, um, yeah. you know, just in your previous life, you know, as an implementer? Sure. I mean, the number one thing that stood out to me, especially after the, uh, after the sale and say Oracle account reconciliation was selected is the fact that uh, getting out historical information from uh, the competitor solution was uh, egregiously painful. Um, and it's probably one of the things that, you know, really just boils my blood. I think it's bad business. I think it's in bad faith uh, in to essentially be keeping your customer's data hostage. You know, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we have our report binder functionality that literally will give you a snapshot of your entire reconciliation profile uh, list uh, for however long you had generated it for. And you can walk away from us. I mean, obviously, we're going to do everything we possibly can to make sure that you are uh, comfortable as a customer, that you're feeling heard, that you're aware of the enhancements that continue to uh, come over time. But if you really don't like the account reconciliation tool, you can walk away and take your reconciliations with you. And that is not the case with uh, the other vendors out there. That is like a, a stark difference in the way that Oracle has decided to do business in the cloud EPM suite versus some of the other options that are out there. That's a good point. Uh, very consistent with what we've seen as well, uh, which is unfortunate because also a lot of the um, competitor implementations that we've seen, you know, whether that is uh, a tool like a, a Trintec or a Blackline or a homegrown tool even, um, it, it's the fact that they're used as repositories initially because the goal was just to stand them up. And then moving to Oracle Account Rex, the capability of it being more of an automated way to perform reconciliations or group reconciliations, um, and then being able to really streamline the timeline, that was a that was a stark difference that that we've seen um, in our you know in our implementations that 
that's a refreshing, you know, surprise that now they can actually yeah. use that time to focus on those high risk accounts. So yeah. 80% of the time should be spent on 20% of the accounts. And that starts to become a reality. I, I agree. Uh, you know, I won't pretend to say that all of our customers have definitely built out the kind of streamlined processes that you've mentioned. And I certainly have talked with folks who, uh, you know, applications were stood up in the night, as it were, right? And there were lift and shifts just to say, hey, we checked the cloud box, right? Which a lot of customers are currently going through. There's a high level or an executive initiative, look, we got to get onto cloud applications, okay, Oracle account reconciliations look stellar, let's uh, plop what we currently have and put it in account reconciliations and we'll deal with the rest later. And, you know, phase two never really happened. So we absolutely do have customers that are out there that unfortunately do use account reconciliation like a repository, but we're starting to have those follow-up conversations that need to happen um, to understand you have a, uh, you know, you have a a, a race car uh, at your disposal, and and you're driving it around, um, you know, like it's a horse and buggy. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity, even for some of our customers who have kind of done that initial stand up in account reconciliations. There's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot further that 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 they can go. Um, and like I said, we're starting to have those conversations. We're starting to do more. Uh, health checks, as it were. This is something that we did much more frequently in the on-premises world. Um, but now uh, cloud is not cutting edge. Cloud is becoming the new normal. So making sure that uh, the cloud SaaS solution is being effectively utilized uh, is really important. We want to make sure that our customers are getting the value that they were uh, convinced about and 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 sold on uh, within their applications. Well, one of the um, drawbacks of some of these legacy tools um, that may have been first to the market but did not quite evolve is, you know, one of our customers in Houston is Calpine, a utilities customer. They had some tools that they implemented um, and the close management functionality did not speak to the reconciliation functionality. And of course, there wasn't an advancement of those products to, to grow them. Like you're saying, they went stale. Right. But then they they expanded their Oracle EPM footprint and started to really get into um, reducing that timeline and then therefore focus more on the control improvement, the process improvement. Okay. So um, that's another area where on the transaction matching side, we've seen junk in, junk out. And so now that, you know, there's an initial implementation of Rex or transaction matching that may be more of a repository or collection of data, the next phase is hey, what are we doing operationally in our ERP or operational systems that are not, you know, that's causing this data quality issue? So yeah. we can actually take them from an 80% match rate to a 95% match rate. Um, and that's one of the other things that I think because the tool is so easy to use that those enhancements going forward um, are much easier to implement or phase into the business and delegate to the business. Yeah. I agree. I mean, task manager is the mechanism by which we can say, hey, are we doing things better, faster, more efficiently this period versus last period versus a quarter ago versus a year ago? You know, we promise these big ROI numbers. How do we define that? Well, we define that by taking a look at the metrics that are coming out of task manager to make an evaluation if we're doing better today 
than we were yesterday, which is exactly what our customers are striving for. And Task Manager is obviously getting a lot of focus from product management because it's recently been released in planning. It's available, of course, in, you know, if we're looking at the specific business processes, Task Manager is properly available in consolidations planning and in tax, although in all three instances, it has integrations, native integrations with the other EPM modules and functionality within there. So, you know, we think about account reconciliations and we can have tasks that say, hey, once all of my high risk reconciliations have been complete, automatically check that off within Task Manager and maybe generate a initial consolidation report or something along those lines if we're talking about the month-end recs. So Task Manager is a really important piece and it it does tend to be kind of a next step because when people think about their pain points, uh, you know, in the context of this conversation, they're thinking about, I just want to streamline my hundreds, thousands of reconciliations that I'm responsible for. But Task Manager from a management or executive level is really what tells you uh, are we making the improvements that we expect to make with this type of, uh, you know, world-class solution? So um, what do you think going into other business processes that tie in, such as intercompany journals and the end-to-end close that Oracle provides compared to the other market competitors that may claim to have a hub for the close process, but there are some clear gaps that, I think Oracle has completed with ARCs being one of the center points. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. So uh, we see this in a few different areas. Some of them that come to mind is intercompany, kind of, as you had mentioned, Minnie, you know, we think about, we have a lot of, we still have a lot of HFM customers or Hyperion financial management customers, which was the on-premises predecessor to consolidations within the cloud. You think about the intercompany capabilities that were in there and the fact that you know most did not deploy the ICT module, despite the fact that that was something that was there. A few you know European uh, and uh, uh, companies, but not not a wide adoption by any stretch of the imagination. And the fact that we can actually go from the intercompany out of balance sitting in my plug account, which I just think is a very poorly named account, but <laughs> that the out of balance that's sitting there at my consolidation level, and I can get back into my transactional detail all within the same URL, I never have to leave, I think is absolutely standout for a lot of our customers, especially those who are considering, well, what are some of those benefits that I get when I move from on-premises to the cloud? Well, you get a level of detail and granularity that just wasn't available to you in the on-premises world, or if it was, it was much more cumbersome uh, to get uh, to get access to. You know, I've been doing a lot of tax demonstrations. And obviously, one of the key things that comes out of the tax account roll forward, uh, as soon as we make that journal entry back into the ledger, is we need to perform our uh, our uh, tax payable reconciliation, right, at the different um, jurisdictions that it's appropriate for. So the fact that from a tax perspective, we can immediately go into the account reconciliation piece and perform our recs there. That's really useful. What if we have additional tax questions that we need to ask uh, our other business partners uh, within the tool? Well, if tax is involved at the beginning of the account reconciliation conversation, those can already be there and make everybody's lives a lot easier. So those are just a couple that come to mind. I mean, I could go on about variance analysis opportunities with FPNA and uh, you know several others, but there's a lot of options that become available because again, everything's just on 
on the suite. I think that's a, a good note to to end upon the final question I have, which is around some of the, the shiny capabilities for reporting and yeah. analytics. I know BI Publisher is a very uh, powerful tool that's included within the suite. Can you shed some light upon how those capabilities compare against the, the market competitors? Yeah, I can speak a little bit to that. So as you mentioned, BI Publisher is the primary tool by which we perform additional customized reportings within account reconciliations. Uh, I would say that the vast majority of the reporting is typically done utilizing either the system or the custom attributes directly within the browser, um, within the URL experience, and having different lists that have been created either privately or published to uh, the end users is the primary way that uh, we see our customers interact with their data. However, the fact that we provide a lot of out-of-the-box BI publisher reports that are available is something that is uh, really useful. I will say many of those reports are more administrator maintenance focused. So uh, we do uh, rely on our partners uh, and rely on the uh, really nice wizard interface to develop new BI publisher reports uh, for some of those more uh, customized uh, type situations that, uh, you know, when a report needs to be uh, sent out on a regular basis or something along those lines. And then the next level, honestly, while I love BI publisher, I mean, the next level of reporting and analysis is really in OAC or Oracle Analytics and the fact that you could uh, push out uh, all that reconciliation detail into OAC and have some really slick dashboarding um, uh, at, at that point. That's something that I show my customers uh, often because, you know, OAC is truly intended for uh, that powerful dashboarding capability. Um, but it, it's, a, it's an array. It's an array. Um, most of our customers are pretty happy with what is available to them out of the box, but there's always uh, areas for improvement and different situations come up, uh, kind of like I had mentioned, where different reporting is needed, and and uh, we've we've got you covered on on that front as well. That's um that's really interesting. You mentioned the dashboarding because I do feel that whenever we share customers the dashboarding available, let's say in transaction matching, the yeah. big green bar that shows how many thousands and thousands of transactions were matched uh, versus the tiny suggested or unconfirmed matches. Right, I, right. I definitely light up when I see that, and I see that they they do as well. But to supplement, um, we've definitely leveraged BI Publisher because I think Arcs is unique or in that, or Account Rex is unique in that, that you can query any data element from the database. And so that transparency using BI Publisher, especially when you when you get into um, attributes from third-party systems or BAI files, and you're trying to do some deep analysis, I think that's really helpful. So thank you for touching on that. Um, I think this is a, a good point to wrap up. And I enjoyed uh, the heated fireside conversation. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> That's right. A little, a little spicier take. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I enjoy this one. Y'all had some hot takes. Uh, Nick, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you for being a friend to the show. Of course. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. And uh, for more competitor analysis, please follow the link in the description below for our Blackline versus Oracle Cloud EPM ebook. Have a nice day, everybody.